0: Life's aches and pains, we all experience them. So I'm excited that Plus CBD Relief is backed by popular demand. As you know, I'm big a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. Plus CBD's Relief line of soft gels is the ideal way to help promote a healthy inflammatory response. Plus CBD Relief is doctor-formulated with recovery-supporting ingredients including CBD, CBDa, and Levagen PEA, which has been found in Clinical trials to relieve severe headache faster than ibuprofen. Relief soft gels help address minor everyday soreness, support joint function, and encourage recovery following strenuous activity. All Plus CBD products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com/Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com/Hoffman for Plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels. Welcome
1: to Intelligent Medicine, America's Foremost Program on Health, Medicine and Nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies.
0: Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, I'm your host Dr. Ronald Hoffman, it's a weekend, that means it's time to hear from you, 877-726-8255. Plus, I got a lot of stories I want to share with you. That's what Intelligent Medicine is all about. It's about uh, you sharing your concerns and your experiences with me live on the air. 877-726-8255 is our number. Plus, I've got a lot of stories to share with you. Among the stories that uh, we're going to tackle, we're going to talk about uh, what happens when We've heard of Chat GPT which is an artificial intelligence machine learning thing and it can compose uh poems it can paint paintings it can uh, give speeches it can do all kinds of things if you want to have an essay done you can use Chat GPT well what happens when you pose the question to Chat GPT please write a persuasive poem about the benefits of an omnivorous lifestyle. Fascinating uh, results. We'll also talk about uh, what's happening to the fake meat industry. 877 726 We got lots of topics to discuss uh, this hour. And uh, among them is a big study on masking. Maybe you heard about it. Maybe you didn't. Uh, I had this week the opportunity to go to Broadway, just a few blocks from where I live, and uh, it's great. I can just show up at TKTS uh, a few minutes before showtime and see if any tickets are left. Sometimes they release uh, the uh, orchestra seats, and you can get a good ticket at half price, and I did. And I went to see Leopoldstadt, which is a play by Tom Stoppard about uh it's basically about what happens to uh, a Jewish family it starts in 1899 in Vienna and it progresses to 1938 and it's about uh, the downfall of that family in the face of nazism and its aftermath and uh, when i went to the theater uh there was a warning it was on the uh it was on the website it was also posted in the theater that uh, we have waived the requirement for masks. Uh, It used to be that you had to be vaccinated, show a vaccine card. You had absolutely to wear a mask. The requirements now on Broadway are less rigorous, uh, which is bringing back the crowds. Uh, It was a full house. And what was interesting is they said, but we don't actually require masks, but we we really advise you to wear a mask. Well, I would say about 20 percent of the audience uh, continued to wear masks, may- maybe a tad more, maybe a quarter of the audience. But a lot of people were unmasking the crowded circumstances, people sitting very close together. The seats are very packed and it was a packed house. And so um, I uh, am not masking nor do I intend to mask anymore when I go to public events. Uh, I don't mask in the office. I don't ask that patients wear masks mask. If they prefer to wear masks uh, in my presence, that's okay with me. Uh, it's optional. Mask optional is my approach. And the same thing when, you know, I have several plane trips planned for this year. I plan to get on the plane and uh, not wear a mask. I mean, a few countries, you know, perhaps in Asia who still require masks, but I'm not going there, so I'm not going to wear a mask. And some people still do wear masks. And some people don't. And and some people even are continuing to wear masks outside. So it's interesting to look at the science behind that, according to the latest review and meta-analysis by something called the Cochrane Library. Now, the Cochrane Library is um, an organization that is based in the U.K., And its mission is to, and I'm quoting, organize medical research findings to facilitate evidence-based choices about health interventions, which involve health professionals, patients, and policymakers. And the key is it's got to be evidence-based. And, you know, I followed the Cochrane, what formerly was called the Cochrane Collaboration, now it's just Cochrane. Cochrane for many years because they are very conservative in their recommendations while studies done by pharmaceutical companies sometimes are biased in favor of promoting a drug. The Cochrane Collaboration consists of over 30,000 experts from around the world who weigh in sometimes critically on medical recommendations. Like they say, you must wear a mask. They'll say, OK, fine. You know, let's look at the evidence very dispassionately and very carefully. And that's what they did recently. They did a systematic review of masking and also they threw in hand washing for good measure in an article that they just published at the end of last month physical interventions to interrupt or reduce the spread of respiratory viruses. And they include the flu and SARS-CoV-2, our current COVID pandemic. And here's what they found. They looked at studies comprising over 600,000 participants uh, and a lot of different studies, uh, nearly a 100 studies. Uh, some of them new, some of them done at the beginning of the pandemic. And they looked at three propositions. Do medical surgical masks improve outcomes compared to no masks? And medical surgical masks means those, you know, paper masks, the blue paper masks that a lot of people are wearing. Sometimes there are other colors they are white, but they're basically paper masks. And then they compared N95 respirators very close-fitting masks that are kind of frankly uncomfortable to wear and hard to sustain. I've, you know, in the early parts of the pandemic, I wore them on plane flights, very hard to sustain. Uh, they compared those N95 respirators to medical and surgical masks, the paper masks. And then they looked at hand-washing compared to not hand-washing. And here's what they found. It's, it's very interesting. Medical-surgical masks compared to no masks. They found that, this is their conclusion, wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of influenza-like illness. Wearing masks in the community probably makes little or no difference to the outcome of SARS-CoV-2 compared to not wearing masks. That's number one. So the paper masks, according to them, ineffective, partially because they're porous, partially because people don't wear them well, and partially because people don't wear them all the time. Because what we're seeing in a lot of countries is there's still a mask mandate. But like in China, where they have uh, they've basically ended the lockdowns, COVID is surging. And in other countries that had good luck in the beginning when they had full lockdowns, COVID is surging. Like in South Korea, for example. Japan, to a certain extent. New Zealand, to a certain extent. Australia, to a certain extent. All right, then they looked at N95 masks compared to medical surgical masks. Now, you have to acknowledge that the N95 masks are likely to be superior, right? They're close-fitting. Turns out not, according to the study. Very little evidence. Uh, They could not establish an advantage of those masks, surprisingly. Um, They say they may be more effective, but evidence is limited. So they say, their conclusion is that you spend an 85 mask compared to a regular mask probably makes little or no difference for the outcome of lab-confirmed flu. Okay. Now, hand hygiene, surprising results. They found that hand hygiene was actually a little bit helpful. They say that hand hygiene may be beneficial with 11% Relative reduction of respiratory illness, but it's not a big deal because that would mean for a thousand people You would reduce the respiratory illnesses from 200 to 178. That's something But it's not really much So especially if you don't touch your eyes or pick your nose There's going to be an advantage But bottom line, there's no clear difference in the use of medical surgical masks compared with N95 masks When used in routine care to reduce respiratory viral infection Okay when I return, very interesting study about why it is that some people may persist in wearing masks. It's not merely uh, to give them a sense of security. There's a whole new perspective on that coming up. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Eight seven 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 two six eight two five five is our number, and this is Intelligent Medicine.
2: You remodel your kitchen. You remodel your bathroom. Now remodel your gut. That's right, your gut.
0: If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain function, heart health, and full body performance. But you'd have to eat five or more ordinary bars a day to get those benefits. Flava Naturals chocolate, cocoa powder, and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of a typical dark chocolate bar. I use it every day. For more information and order, just go to FlavaNaturals.com. That's FlavaNaturals.com fish oil provides the vital omega-3s epa and dha that supports your cardiovascular brain nerve vision immune system joint and skin health as well as your inflammatory balance my preferred fish oil brand is vital nutrients offering a line of 11 ultra pure omega-3 solutions including a nutrient-dense vegan option i use vital nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients for more information and to order go to vital that's vital for the vital nutrients line of ultra pure omega-3 solutions Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. 877-726-8255 is our number for questions or comments. Anything that relates to intelligent medicine is fair game. And let's talk to Robert. How are you doing?
3: Hello, Dr. Hoffman. Hi, there. I would like to ask you, is it necessary to take uh, DHEA or resveratrol with food? I like to take the DHA in the morning because it'd be in line with the natural secretion of the uh, hormone. But um, I read somewhere it it should be taken with food.
0: Okay. You know, it's an interesting question because, um, you know, a lot of people are very concerned about, you know, when to take supplements and, for that matter, when to take medications in relationship to food. And in large part, uh, supplements are well-absorbed with food, and there are some exceptions uh, but especially when a supplement is fat-based, or what we call lipophilic, uh, it's going to be better absorbed with food. And there's also the possibility that certain things like resveratrol work well in the microbiome when bacteria work to convert them into active metabolites. So with regard to the two things that you mentioned, it's likely that they'll... Uh, work fine when taken with food. I, you know, I personally take DHEA and I measure my DHA, and I get a me- and I take it with food and I get a, a distinct blood level response when I take DHEA, even when I take it with food. Now, there's certain exceptions. For example, when you take amino acids that are supposed to be neurotransmitter support, uh, it may be that taking them with protein in your diet can interfere with their absorption. So if you're taking tyrosine for dopamine or if you're taking tryptophan for serotonin, uh, it may be that taking those alone is preferable. But for the most part, you know, especially things like coenzyme Q10, it's fat soluble and therefore it's going to be better absorbed when taken with a fatty food. It's just going to dissolve with the fat in the meal and then it'll be taken up in the digestive tract into the bloodstream and be more bioavailable. So generally, uh, and, you know, frankly, I, there are very few things that I take away from food. I can't be bothered because it's a little OCD to say, well, this one's with food, this one's without food. And I'm taking, you know, 20 different things at, you know, 14 different times and it gets a little nuts. So for the most part, things are well tolerated uh, and well absorbed when they're taken with it. That's the other thing, toleration. You know, you take a lot of vitamins on an empty stomach and, mm, uh, you know, kind of burns your stomach lining uh so generally take stuff with food 877 726 is our number okay on the subject of masking you know a lot of people wear masks for practical reasons they think that they really do confer protection well the article that i just shared with you from the corcoran uh, collaboration suggests that well, yeah, that may really not be the case according to science but there may be other reasons why people wear masks you know i'm walking around uh, new york city and a lot of people still wear a mask outside People are wearing masks inside. So what's up with that? Researchers from Seoul National University in South Korea wanted to see if self-perceived attractiveness played a role in people's mask-wearing decisions. So you might think, well, this is a cultural. They studied Koreans. No, they actually studied mostly Americans. Average age, 33. uh, Men, 44%. Uh, Very interesting findings. They found that people who consider themselves attractive are less likely to wear masks. People who consider themselves less attractive, more likely to wear masks. So the study authors wrote, overall, we provide a novel finding that self-perceived attractiveness had significant effects on mask wearing intention via mask attractiveness belief in the post-pandemic of COVID-19. Our findings suggest that mask wearing could shift from being a self-protection measure during the COVID-19 pandemic to a self-presentation tactic in the post-pandemic era. This was published in the frontiers of psychology. So, you know, well, you, well, you folks who were a mask, what are you saying? Dr. Hopman, you're saying we're ugly. Well, there's another, I thought of, there's another, there are alternative explanations. First of all, it could be a political statement. It's like, I'm not MAGA. I believe in uh, what, you know, the current administration is telling us uh, I'm not descending from the narrative. That, that's one element of that. But here's another novel explanation. Maybe some people are too or feel they're too attractive. They, they attract too many errant gazes, particularly from men mashing on women. This happens a lot, you know, on urban streets. And maybe, just maybe, The masks are designed to be part of an urban dweller's survival strategy of, you know, keep your head down, uh, keep your eyes on the pavement, no eye contact, and avoid uh, the uh, intrusive glances of people gazing at your beautiful features. That's a possibility, too. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you, our number 877-726-8255. And a reminder, that number is available to you 24-7-365. So if you can't get to uh, your phone during the broadcast, and a question should occur to you uh, anytime during the week, you can just call 877-726-8255 and record your question, as did this individual. Let's hear it.
3: I am ninety years old and in very good health, but recently was diagnosed with a heart murmur. I know other people who have it, but don't seem to know much about it. I wonder if you could elaborate on the subject. Thank you,
0: okay, well, Robert, you sound uh, great, and uh, I'm glad you're otherwise in good health and you uh, let's a few basic facts uh, in a single day your heart beats a hundred thousand times, sometimes more, sometimes less, depending on your state of health. And that means that your heart beats 35 million times per year. And in an average lifetime, your heart beats 2.5 billion times. That's a billion times for each 27.4 years that you're allotted on earth and you being 90 you're approaching 4 billion beats so if you can think of any other piece of equipment in the world that can withstand that kind of stress you know certainly not a car you know car 10 years down the line is pretty shot and requires repairs uh and most devices don't last very long um, your heart's doing a pretty good job. So when your valves deteriorate, they can deteriorate in several ways. One is calcification can form on the valves, and that's a little akin to calcification in your coronary arteries. Uh, it's due to uh, inflammation, trauma, and then the body's effort to repair, sometimes high cholesterol contributes to that, and then calcium is deposited on those valves. And then the valves, when you listen to the heart, they make sort of a like a whooshing sound. You can hear it with a stethoscope. And then when the valves constrict too much or if they become floppy uh, or incompetent, you know, they allow regurgitation, the blood can flow back instead of, you know, going forward. Uh, that results in functional decline. And typically what you may experience is shortness of breath uh, with tasks that you're ordinarily able to perform. And usually you go along for a while with the murmur and it's inconsequential. You know, it's a lot of patients, you have a murmur, we should keep an eye on it, maybe do an echocardiogram, see if your heart is being stressed by that. Uh, sometimes the heart enlarges in an effort to pump blood more, and that can lead to heart failure. Sometimes the valve is damaged by disease. That occurred particularly in the uh, generation of people uh, in the 1920s and 30s who developed rheumatic heart disease. Uh, a lot of these people are deceased by now, but that, you know, could be a contributory factor in a 90-year-old. And we saw a lot of that when treating uh, geriatric patients when I was in my medical training, is They had rheumatic heart disease that damaged their valves. The valves needed to be repaired. So the option is, you know, since there's no medication that can fix that, uh, it's usually a surgical thing. And they used to have to crack the chest and make a big deal out of it. And so, you know, if you had uh, a valve problem and you were a little older, they'd be reluctant to do that. But now it's easier to do with what's called um, transcutaneous valve repair, which means they thread a catheter up through your femoral artery, or sometimes via your wrist artery, and they go directly into the heart, and they put in... Essentially, they repair the valve. They fix the valve, or they re- they can replace the valve um, in some cases, too. Uh, and it just merely having uh, a murmur doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to need the surgery. But if you should experience a functional t- decline, and you're not otherwise seriously ill, you become a candidate even in your 90s for this kind of procedure. It's so well tolerated, even by the old, old, that it can uh, give you years of trouble-free mileage uh, going forward, you know, with the prospect that you may have uh, 5, 10, 15 more years of longevity ahead of you Why feel impaired, short of breath, uh, or unable to walk. That's the story with valves. There's an interesting uh, sidelight to that, which is a new story, that I just came across. Heart valve disease linked to serotonin. Well, okay, serotonin, um, that's something that we make. But it's also something that's boosted by certain types of medications, SSRI medications. Uh, in this research, they found that taking SSRIs was associated with severe mitral regurgitation that needed to be treated with surgery at a younger age than for patients not taking SSRIs. So another possible reason to be, yeah, I mean these medications can be life-saving. They can be really be beneficial. Uh, alternatively the results can be kind of meh, but so many people these days are taking SSRIs and so we really got to give this some thought that over the years, uh, they might be more prone to valvular problems, particularly mitral valve regurgitation. Uh, in a mouse study, uh, they found that normal mice treated with high doses of SSRIs developed thickened mitral valves. So uh, that is a concern. I'm not saying that everybody taking a, you know, Prozac, Zoloft, uh, those types of medications, uh, that these medications invariably uh, damage your heart valves. But they may somewhat increase the likelihood you're going to develop problems. The heart's working hard enough trying to keep up with the burden of survival into uh, old age so um that is an interesting sidelight to that story interesting question thanks for that call us again and let us know how things are going and if you uh you know undergo some kind of valve repair procedure if they're going to leave you alone which is also quite possible uh, here's another one um, you know the expression how do i love thee let me count the ways well um there are a lot of different ways In which antidepressants may have subtle harmful effects and this one is on antibiotic resistance Uh, the emergence of disease causing bacteria the resistance to antibiotics is really a clinical challenge and it's attributed to the overuse of antibiotics you know we prescribe them willy-nilly and we give them to our livestock and then we as humans consume them and that may drive antibiotic resistance, but there may be another potential driver of resistance, antidepressants. Um, through a variety of pathways, antidepressants can trigger drug resistance. And, you know, so they did some studies uh, in the test tube and then in experimental animals, and they found that E. coli, which is potentially dangerous bacteria, became resistant to multiple antibiotics after being exposed to Prozac. Um and uh what they found was uh, other pathways by which uh, uh zoloft a commonly prescribed ssri antidepressant promoted the transfer of genes between bacterial cells that's like bacterial sex they transfer genes to one another and that process can speed up the spread of resistance through a population so it's a form of accelerated evolution And when it comes to bacteria, that transfer of genes uh, can confer you know, like one bacteria uh, develops that capability and then can easily transfer its talent at antibiotic resistance to other bacteria that surround it. So this is an interesting instance of how taking certain medications may have off-target effects that can have really severe consequences for us. Uh, they looked at 835 medicines that were not antibiotics. They found that uh, they some of them had enhancing effects. Some of them had inhibiting effects on the growth of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. So there you have it. All right, 877-726-8255. When we return, we're going to take a look at uh, the important role that CBD, uh, hemp-derived cannabinoid, can play in a very, very important arena, which is in our constant battle against daily aches and pains. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. to sign up for your free full script account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's dearhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. New look, same trusted formulas.
1: As part of Wakanaga of America's 50th anniversary, their flagship product, Kaiolic Aged garlic extract has a new look. The new packaging clearly communicates each formula's unique characteristics and benefits at a glance. The added QR code allows consumers to scan for more info. Aged garlic extract has been shown to support optimal cardiovascular health, including blood pressure and cholesterol, immune function and more. It is organically grown. And AGE is the most researched garlic supplement on the market, with over 900 scientific papers from prestigious universities and research institutes around the world. There is also a new, vegan-friendly version of Kyolic's original cardiovascular formula. Visit Kyolic.com for more information about Kyolic's quality supplements to support your healthy lifestyle. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract Supplements are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online.
0: Welcome back to Inchelters in Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. We talk a lot about the benefits of hemp-derived cannabinoids, in particular from our friends at PlusCBDOil.com because they make a very fine line, wide range of supplements to address various needs. Uh, Pain is a big issue. And today we're going to talk about uh, Plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels, because it's a very interesting story. Uh, With us is Maggie Frank. She spent 20 years in the health and wellness industry. Uh, She's passionate about health and fitness. She has a personal story of uh, overcoming all kinds of health obstacles. Through natural medicine, and now she's joined the CV Sciences team, where she shares her knowledge about the endocannabinoid system. Welcome, Maggie. Thanks for joining us.
3: I appreciate you having me, Doctor Hoffman.
0: It's my great pleasure. So, okay, so pain, big issue, big category. Uh, CBD uh, has been found to have some benefits There's a product that plus CBD. Uh, makes uh, CB science is a very very big manufacturer and reliable manufacturer of hemp derived products uh, it's called plus cBd relief soft gels and i use them uh, i find they're very helpful for post exercise uh, aches and pains recovery uh, tell us about how they work
3: CBD relief soft gels um, are a combination of three powerful ingredients that address the way that our body essentially balances inflammation and how we physically, mentally, and emotionally respond to pain and illness. So we provide 15 milligrams of plus CBD that supports the endocannabinoid system. And then we provide 15 milligrams of CBDA. CBDA is the raw form of CBD. In the raw form, it has different benefits to the activated form CBD. So with CBDA, we see that its power really is how it affects the COX2 enzyme pathways. And with 15 milligrams, you're providing almost instantaneous pain and inflammation support within about 15 to 30 minutes for most people. But because CBDA doesn't affect the COX1 enzyme pathway, we don't have the same concern for digestive upset, liver, gallbladder problems that may mm-hmm. arise with other more traditional pain relieving options.
0: Yeah. Things like uh, Advil, then, ibuprofen, you know, the, the, the concern with those is they may relieve pain and they, they work fast, but there's a downside. They, they actually can cause a lot of gastrointestinal problems, other problems uh, as well if you take too many.
3: One hundred percent. There is definitely a cost when we're looking at more traditional NSAIDs. And today we don't see that risk factor come into play with CBDA. And then there's one more ingredient in the relief soft gels. And that is one hundred and seventy five milligrams per soft gel of Levagen Plus's PEA. And PEA stands for palmitoyl ethanol amide. And it's essentially an endocannabinoid. It's something we make within our bodies. Sadly, we don't make enough to keep up with the current need. And PEA helps us more appropriately deal with pain, um, inflammatory response, and then our ability to healthfully recover after injury or illness.
0: Okay. And I can attest to the benefits of this because... Uh, yesterday it was quite cold here in the Northeast. I don't know where you're located, but, uh, decided to uh, crank up the fireplace. And you know, so I got a whole bunch of wood and fire starter and I lifted it and I felt a little crick in my shoulder and I was like, "Uh Oh, and I took some of the relief and I also did some of the, use some of the topical CBD and I rubbed that into my shoulder and I, I was amazed this morning. It's like, I have I, no residual discomfort. <laughs> it's, it's quite amazing.
3: It works really well, and you, you did something that is one of my favorite ways to address pain and discomfort when it comes to using these products. I love the one-two punch of an oral product that'll deal with the systemic, and then a topical product that's going to deal with that immediate, local, acute issue that might be screaming at us, like a sore shoulder, in your case, or knees, uh, lower back, Sore feet, after being on them all day long, um, it can really provide some pretty immediate, concentrated support when we apply
0: it topically. Well, so address some of the audience's possible concerns, because they may say, well, you know, like, fine, I'll take the stuff if it relieves my pain. But I, I got to be functional. You know, I got to go to work. Uh, I got to drive. You know, am I going to feel drow- drowsy? Am I going to feel stoned? Am I going to get the munchies from this? <laughs> you know, what's what's the uh, what are some of the potential uh, effects of this, because it is hemp-derived, and frankly, it's of a similar species to pot. So what's going on here?
3: So the the hemp sources that we use, we use hemp versus high-THC cannabis to make these products. So hemp is a plant that is under 0.3% THC, which means extremely residual at the point of harvest. Um, these soft gels have super, super, super minute levels of THC, which is the phytocannabinoid Mm -hmm. known to get us stoned, Um, you will not get high from taking a relief soft gel. This product is simply going to support the way your body deals with inflammation and pain without creating a psychoactive or an altering effect whatsoever. You can take these in the morning and still drive a car. You could take these at night and it will not create any environment where you wouldn't be able to fall asleep.
0: In fact, they may may actually help you uh, achieve a better level of sleep. I mean, I take CBD sometimes at bedtime, uh, the sleep formula, the the gummies, and uh, they're very conducive to, you know, supporting sleep. Um, So it seems like this formula of the three ingredients, it works in two ways. It works locally where there's inflammation. You know, maybe there's a, you know, strain or a sprain, and there's actually inflammation in your muscles or in a ligament. And, but it also works on the brain, where the brain interprets signals that come from an injury site, and it sort of maybe gates them down a little bit so that you're less afflicted. Uh, is, you know, do I have that right?
3: Yes. Um, we see within... The support of these ingredients, we're going to support everything from the physical response to pain to the neurological response to pain, like you said, but also the emotional side of it. Getting, Being in pain, being sick for a long period of time can make us depressed. It can kind of create a cloudy, foggy feeling. These three ingredients are really addressing pain and inflammation and illness in a multi-pronged way that leads to a more holistic ability to heal.
0: Okay, are there studies on this? Because uh, if you visit pluscbdol.com, dot uh, com, is there uh, you know a library of, of medical studies, or can one find that kind of information? Yeah,
3: so. At our website, pluscbdoil.com, we do have quite, we're, we're regularly updating. So we put research on there about CBD, CBDA, it's amide or PEA. Um, we also have a YouTube channel, CV Sciences at YouTube, on the YouTube channel. Um, we do short videos there, tutorials. We go more in depth about each ingredient, the research substantiating it. Uh, we talk about. Um, we're unfortunately one of the hindrances I find with CBD. A You're A little constrained, a little
0: constrained have- by regulatory. We're but I want to. I want to give. Yeah, give me a chance because I want to uh, let our audience know about a special offer because we really want people to uh, try this and access it. So there's a special offer. You can visit pluscbdoil.com/hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30. For 30% off, that's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for plus CBD's Relief Soft Gels and all their great products, including topicals and their calm formula, their sleep formula. Uh, they're all great, reliable. Thank you very much for joining us, Maggie Frank. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine.